Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are continuing our all 32 NFL team previews for the upcoming 2023 fantasy football season. Today is team number 31 of 32. Today, we are going to be talking about the Atlanta Falcons. Now, these last two teams are actually kind of teams that I would say I know more about than the rest of the league. Um, you know, me being from North Carolina, the, the last team, the Carolina Panthers, is my team, so I'm going to have a lot to say about them. But this week with the Falcons, you know, I have a lot of family that is from Georgia, and pretty much everybody in Georgia is like passively a Falcons fan. Like there's, you know, they kind of prefer the Bulldogs to the Falcons down in Georgia. But it's funny, they've always referred to, ever since when I was growing up, the Falcons as the sorry Falcons. And even, you know, when they were good, it was still the sorry Falcons because they'd find a way to lose a game. In 2016, Matt Ryan's the MVP for about you know, three weeks, they're not the sorry Falcons, and then they blow a 28-3 lead, and they're just right back to being the same old sorry Falcons. So, with this year's Atlanta Falcons, though, they've now got a guy that should be on your fantasy football radar and could possibly make them not the sorry Falcons for too much longer. And we're going to break down who that guy is. We're going to break down where all of the Falcons offensive players should be drafted in redraft dynasty and best ball fantasy leagues for the 2023 fantasy football season. Now, if you are new to the channel on YouTube, please hit the like button. It shows me a lot of support. And please hit the subscribe button. You'll be notified when new episodes drop. Like all of our weekly NFL content, like the last NFL team preview that we're going to be releasing later this week, and all of our weekly golf and college football content. Also, if you're listening on audio, please rate and review. Again, it really shows me a lot of support. It really helps me out a lot. And if you are looking for the best promo codes and offers for any DFS, player prop, sportsbook sites, maybe you listen to this and you want to make a you know a player prop bet on one of these guys, whatever site is available in your area, head on over to signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks, and they will have the best promo codes and offers for new users that is available to people in your area. And my full rankings for all 32 NFL teams are available on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, so let's go ahead and start this breakdown of the sorry Falcons. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. Now, let's break down what this Falcons offense did in the 2022 season. So in 2022, the Atlanta Falcons finished 24th in the league in yards per game, but 15th in points per game. Translation, they were playing at a very slow tempo that did not see a whole lot of total plays called, but they were still able to be effective in the red zone and put points on the board, and they had an above-average kicker in Youngway Koo. Now, the Falcons... In terms of their play calling, finished second in the league in rush rate, trailing only the Chicago Bears. But in terms of total plays, no team ran more total run plays than the Atlanta Falcons. They were the team in the league that called the most run plays in the 2022 season. No team also had a lower pass rate over expectation than the Atlanta Falcons. That stat pass rate over expectation means that depending on the game flow, it should dictate how much you are passing the ball, right? If you're trailing, you probably want to be passing the ball a little bit more. So the Falcons being the lowest team in the league in pass rate over expectation means that they were trailing in a lot of games and they were still committed to the run in those games, even when you know the metrics say they should be throwing. Arthur Smith from Tennessee, where he was the offensive coordinator, he loved to run the ball there. And now as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, he still loves to run the ball. This is a very run-heavy offense, which makes things a little bit easier for the running backs, a little bit harder for the quarterbacks and the pass catchers. In fact, last year, no team had more total rushing yards from the running back position than the Atlanta Falcons. 
and that position is going to look a little bit differently this year. But before we talk about running backs, let's break down the quarterback position for the Falcons. So the Falcons did have two starting quarterbacks last season. Marcus Mariota started the first 15 games and finished his QB 17 in fantasy points per game, averaging 15.8 fantasy points per game. And he did a lot with his legs, um, you know, not only on scrambles, but on design runs, you know, zone read, you know, option type plays where they were getting the ball in Mariota's hands and using him as a ball carrier that allowed him to kind of attain that high fantasy total. Desmond Ritter was the starter for the last four games of this last season. He was a rookie out of Cincinnati who was, you know, drafted to eventually be the starting quarterback in 13 games in. They decided to pull the trigger and put in Ritter over Mariota. If you've watched quarterback on Netflix, you kind of know how that broke down. Uh, but Ritter, in terms of a fantasy perspective, was not great. He only averaged 9.7 fantasy points per game. However, they did let him throw the ball more than they let Mariota throw the ball. Ritter averaged 28 pass attempts in those four games, but it didn't lead to a whole lot of success in fantasy football. He only scored over double digits in one game, which which was a 15.9 fancy point performance against the Buccaneers in week 18. Um, it's only 0.1 higher than what Marcus Mariota averaged all season. So from a fantasy perspective, Mariota was a better quarterback. But Ritter, as a rookie last year, showed some signs where he was improving in every start, and they let him throw the ball a little bit. So maybe does that mean he's going to make a year two leap? I don't know. I think he's in a good position to make that year two leap. The Falcons are going to have a solid run game, and there's a solid group of weapons there in Atlanta now that Desmond Ritter has to throw to. So I think there is a logical case for him to make a second year leap, but as loaded as the quarterback position is right now in fantasy football, I don't think you have to draft him in redraft fantasy leagues. I think he needs to be on rosters in dynasty leagues. He needs to be on rosters in best ball leagues, particularly if you draft any of the Falcons' skill guys. I think stacking him with Desmond Ritter in best ball leagues is a wise decision considering how late he goes in those drafts. But I just think that in redraft team, redraft leagues, standard 10-team fantasy leagues, you don't need to draft him. He'll be available on waivers. And if he does make the year two leap, then you have an opportunity to grab him on waivers if you want him for your roster. All right, that does it for the quarterback position. So let's go ahead and talk about this Falcons running back room. So last year, I mentioned that the Falcons had the most rushing yards from the running back position out of anybody in the league. Well, a lot of it was due to rookie Tower Algier out of BYU. He finished his running back 29 overall and running back 31 in fantasy points per game. And he did not see over a 50% snap share until after week five. For pretty much the first half of the season, he was not a full-time player and he was still able to get to 1,000 yards. They gave him a lot of carries after about the midway point of the season and he was pretty efficient on those carries. Remember, if you drafted him last year in your fantasy league, he was a healthy scratch in week one. He did not even dress in week one, and he ended up getting to a 1,000 yards. That's an impressive rookie campaign for Tyler Algier, in my opinion. And for the numbers for the whole season, Algier didn't need a massive workload to get to those 1,000 yards and to finish as a top 30 running back. He only had a 52% snap share and 48% opportunity share on the whole season, and he was not used in the passing game pretty much at all. He was only targeted 17 times, which is about one per game. So you're not getting a whole lot of Tyler Algier in the passing game, but the amount of work that he saw in the run game still allowed him to be a top 30 running back. Now, how did the Falcons use the running back position in the past game? Well, they had converted wide receiver Cordero Patterson in the backfield last year as well. He finished his running back 31 overall and running back 24 in fantasy points per game. He did miss quite a few starts in 2022. 
Patterson only had a 47% snap share last season and a 44% opportunity share, and he was targeted 31 times, which was more than Algier, but less than you would expect from a guy with the receiving chops as Cordero Patterson. So these guys were pretty much in a timeshare, and they were both able to finish as top 30-ish running backs in fantasy football, both overall and in fantasy points per game. So where does that put us for the 2023 season? Well, I have zero expectations for Algier and Patterson, and that is because of B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson was drafted out of Texas with the eighth pick in the 2023 NFL draft. In my opinion, he is one of the best running back prospects to come through the draft in the last decade. He is big, he is powerful, he is fast, he can catch passes out of the backfield, he has a nose for the end zone, and he pretty much set the record in the pro football focus era for broken tackles in a college football season. He didn't play in a conference championship game, and he did not play in a bowl game. So this guy is really, really good. And you don't need to take him off the field because he's good in the red zone, he's got great size, and he's great in the passing game as well. He was used quite a bit as a pass catcher at the University of Texas. So I think that the Falcons can just go ahead and just hand this backfield over to B. John Robinson. Like, he's that good. He's that type of guy. He, In my opinion, he's by far the best running back prospect to come out in the last five years. If you want to make the argument for Saquon Barkley exactly five years ago, I'm okay with that. I think they're very similar players in that regard. Now, rookie running backs in fantasy football tend to be a little bit hit or miss, but ones that are drafted as high as Bijan are not hit or miss. They're usually all hit. Six of the last eight running backs drafted in the first round finished in the top 10 running backs in their rookie season, and three of those were top three fantasy backs in their rookie season. Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, and Najee Harris. And I think Bijan Robinson is as talented as all three of those guys. So you're looking at a guy in Bijan that I think has legitimate RB1 upside. We know how good he was in college. We know what the Falcons do offensively, which is run the football. So you're looking at a guy who is immensely talented on a team that is going to run, run, run the football. And oh, by the way, he can catch passes as well. Bijan Robinson has a pathway to finish as running back one overall. You heard it here first. I'm very high on Bijan Robinson this year. In my opinion, he is the first overall pick in dynasty leagues. If you are doing a non-superflex dynasty league, just a regular format dynasty league, he's the number one overall pick. He's got a super bright future and he's going to be very good this year. He should be drafted in round one in redraft and best ball leagues as well. Bijan Robinson is my running back three for the 2023 season. I am only interested in Tyler Algier as a handcuff to Bijan Robinson. I don't think that Algier is going to have a whole lot of standalone value unless Bijan Robinson ends up getting hurt. Because, like I said, Bijan Robinson doesn't have to come off the field for anything. He's powerful, he can catch passes, he's the full package. So, Tyler Algier is going to have to work really hard if he wants to carve out a role with Bijan Robinson in this backfield. All right, that does it for the running back position. Let's go ahead and talk about the wide receivers. So at the wide receiver position, the Falcons drafted Drake London to be their wide receiver one in the 2022 draft, and he started every game in his rookie campaign, finishing his wide receiver 31 overall and wide receiver 43 in fantasy points per game. He earned 117 targets, which is quite a lot. They ranked 22nd in the league, and he even had a bigger target share, which was 29.4% which ranked fifth in the league. If you're wondering how the math there broke down, target share looks at a team's total pass attempts, which if you've been following along, the Falcons didn't pass the ball a whole lot. So that massive target share 
you know, is due to the fact that when the Falcons were passing the ball, it was going to Drake London. Now, even though he played all 17 games, London still ranked 57th in routes run in the league. The Falcons didn't throw the ball a whole lot. So pretty much you're looking at if every team were to have two receivers that ran every route for them, you're looking at him being in the bottom seven of that. And and that's assuming that all those guys played all 17 games, and a lot of them did not. So really not a whole lot of passing volume to go around for Drake London, even though he was seeing a lot of what the Falcons had to offer. It just wasn't a whole lot as a whole. Now, in terms of the rest of the wide receiver room, Olamide Zacchaeus was the Falcons wide receiver two last season, and he finished his wide receiver 64 overall. Matt Collins, who was wide receiver 46 in Las Vegas last season, was signed in free agency to fill that role. And I'm kind of a believer in Matt Collins. He has a very high contested catch rate. Like he's a guy you can throw jump balls to. You you know, you can use his height and his size as an advantage. He's a pretty solid um, vertical, like verticality wide receiver that can win jump balls and a good possession receiver as well. I think he's pretty good, honestly. So he's pretty much free in drafts right now, uh, especially in redraft leagues. I really don't mind drafting Mac Collins, you know, as a late round flyer or picking him up in best ball or using him as, you know, like a bi-week fill-in in redraft leagues because I think he's got some legitimate upside. It, you know, if Zacchaeus was able to finish his wide receiver 64 overall, then Hopefully you get a little more passing volume with Desmond Ritter being the full-time quarterback and Mac Hollins, I believe is better than Olamide Zacchaeus. So overall for the Falcons wide receiver room, I am lower than consensus rankings on Drake London and the rest of the Falcons wide receivers because of their low passing volume and the amount of targets that could go to B. John Robinson at running back or the next guy we're about to talk about at the tight end position. So Drake London, even if he were to command that same target share, I just don't see really a, a great pathway for him to finish as a top 15, top 20 wide receiver. So as talented as he is, as good as he is, as much targets as he gets, the lack of success of the Falcons passing game is of great concern to me. And so Drake London is my wide receiver 29 for the 2023 season. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about our last position, which is the tight ends. Kyle Pitts was the Falcons' first-round pick in 2021, and he had a great rookie season. He finished his tight end six overall and tight end 11 in fantasy points per game, and that was with only scoring one touchdown, which was actually in London. So he played his entire rookie season as a top 10 tight end and didn't score a touchdown in the United States. Quite the impressive resume, right? But last year, he was not good in fantasy football. He finished his tight end 22 in fantasy points per game, and he only played 10 games, missing the last seven due to injury. But in those 10 games that he played, he was targeted quite a lot. He had a 27.3% target share, which ranked second among tight ends. If you're doing the math, that means that over 57% of the Falcons' targets went to Kyle Pitts or Drake London in the 2022 season. Now, what hurt Kyle Pitts was... For whatever reason, Marcus Mariota forgot how to throw the football when he was targeting Kyle Pitts. His catchable target rate was only 59.3%, which is incredibly low. And he also had an incredibly low touchdown rate that carried over from his rookie season. And so if you were to kind of regress those numbers and bring him up to league average in terms of catchable target rate and touchdown rate, Kyle Pitts actually finished his tight end five in expected fantasy points per game. Granted, are those real fantasy points per game? No, he was tight end 22 in that. But 
what the numbers dictate was that Kyle Pitts very easily could have been a top five tight end in fantasy points per game last season. How much differently would we be regarding Kyle Pitts this year in 2023 if he had finished his tight end five in 2022? I can't answer that question, but that means that the bottom line for the Falcons tight end room is I am buying a bounce back season for Kyle Pitts. I think that touchdown rate can go back up. I think that catchable target rate can go back up. We know that when he's out there, he's going to be targeted. Him and Drake London are going to dominate this passing game. But after the disappointing 2022, I'm still in on Kyle Pitts. I believe he's super talented. I like what he brings to the table. And I believe he can be drafted as a starter in all formats. Does he carry a little bit of risk that last year could play out again? Yes, but you can draft him as your starter, pick up a guy like a Gerald Everett or a Chiga Conquo like that as the backup, and you know if those guys end up booming, then you don't even need Kyle Pitts. I believe that's a totally viable strategy. I would also have him as tight end two overall in Dynasty Leagues. I think that depending on how you set up your strategy, I think Travis Kelsey still holds more value for this season, but... Kyle Pitts is coming. I think he is the next big thing in the tight end position, so he is my tight end too in dynasty formats. And overall for 2023, Kyle Pitts is my tight end six overall. I have him just behind Darren Waller and George Kittle and just ahead of Dallas Goddard. All right, that does it for the 2023 Atlanta Falcons fantasy football team preview. Hopefully, I was able to give you guys some information that will allow you to draft these Falcons players at the best spots in your fantasy leagues, whether you're playing Dynasty, Redraft, or Best Ball. If you like what you saw on YouTube, please hit the like button. It helps me out a lot. And also hit the subscribe button. You'll be notified when new episodes drop, like our last team preview and the rest of our weekly golf, college football, and NFL content. As I mentioned earlier, we are now partnering with Signup Expert. So if you head to signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks, you'll get the best offers and promo codes for DFS sites, player props, and sports books. And my full ranks for all 32 teams are available on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, Team 31 is in the books. Team 32 is my Carolina Panthers. We will be finishing up our series later this week. Thank you guys for watching or listening, and I will see you next time. 